Father, we thank you that your word brings life. There's healing in your word, Father God. There's deliverance in your word. And Father, we receive it today, even now, by faith. Father, I greatly decrease that you might increase in and through me. Father, everything that we are, we give to you. Father God, sharpen our ears. And Father God, touch our hearts that we might hear and receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we're going to be continuing our series. And last week we had talked about uh, prioritizing the kingdom of God. How many of you enjoyed that message last week? Uh, that was a very, very important message because I believe that there, this is a season that we're laying a foundation. And it's so important that as we talk about the kingdom of God, that we make sure that in whatever it is that you and I find ourselves involved in, that we make sure to always, first and foremost, to prioritize the kingdom of God. And so today we're going to be talking about the gospel of the kingdom. What is the message of the kingdom of God? How many of you know that today the headlines are filled with wars and Earthquakes and famine and violence. You know, there are accidents, diseases and murders, suicide, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, sexual promiscuity, and the list goes on and on. But how many know that I am so glad today that over 2,000 years ago that Jesus came and he entered a new way of living? Jesus came over 2,000 years ago, and he came with a message. It is called the gospel. Look at your neighbor and say gospel. Now, that word gospel means good news. And what Jesus was communicating was that, you know, as it relates to all of these problems that are happening around you, that there is hope, that there is hope for all of us, and that hope is in the message of the kingdom of God. Because of all of the things that you're struggling with right now, there is a new way, there is a new kingdom that is coming upon the earth, and all of this stuff will be eradicated. Everything will be totally and completely different. And Jesus came and he preached the message of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that you and I can have confidence that there's more to it than just this life. Because when you and I entered into the kingdom of God, there are greater things that are in store for us. There's a greater life. There's no greater life than the kingdom of God. And so as we talk about the kingdom, it's so important that you listen very, very carefully today. And I need you to pray because I got so much in me and I just want to make sure that I get it out right. Amen. Because the kingdom of God is it is absolutely powerful and life changing. Once we come into a revelation and we fully begin to grasp the principles of the kingdom of God, then our lives will change, radically change. There's a greater life for us. And I believe that sometimes the body of Christ, oh, we talk about a whole lot of things and we clap and we come to church and we do good things. But, you know, I believe that sometimes we just really miss it, what this thing is all about. And so what the purpose of these series of teachings is to get us back to that place where we are focused, where we understand that there's that there's some place that we're going and that there's a better life for us. And so that we won't put all of our eggs in this basket. Because how do you know that it's fleeting? The world, the Bible says, and the fashion of this world, it is passing away. 
Everything that you and I are comfortable with and everything that you and I see, one day it is going to pass away. The elements are going to burn it up because Jesus is going to usher in a new way of living the kingdom of God. Now, in Mark 16, 15, Jesus makes the the statement. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. This is this is a responsibility that each one of us have. Each one of us have been tasked with the responsibility of going out into the whole world. And the first word there, Jesus says to go. The way that creation, that all creation is going to understand and know the message of the gospel is that you and I must go. You remember Jesus. The Bible talked about how Jesus himself, Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. And so as Jesus went, Jesus went proclaiming the gospel. He didn't just sit and wait for a people to come to him. How many know that we are to take the initiative with the gospel? You think about the Apostle Paul, a wonderful man of God. Apostle Paul, as we all know, he he wrote a third of a New Testament. But Paul, once he was converted, when he had that encounter with Jesus, the Apostle Paul was sent to go and minister to the Gentiles. And Paul then go and he start all of these churches all over Asia. But guess how it happened? It happened because he did what? He took a step and he went and he obeyed the call. You see, as it relates to planting of Foundation Christian Fellowship, the thing, a church, listen to me, listen to me very carefully. A church that is going to grow and a church that is going to be powerful and effective, it has to be a people that are passionate about evangelism and the kingdom of God. Are you with me? I mean, that's the only way that the church is going to grow. When you and I, that next door neighbor, Whoever, wherever it is that God has us, because I always say that your mission field are wherever God has you for the moment. That's your mission field that you and I have to reach out to them and touch them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's an amazing thing that when Jesus went about preaching as he went, he went preaching the gospel. And as he's preaching the gospel, people just begin to flock with him. Why? Because there is power in the gospel message. The gospel will stand on its own if you and I will get to the point where we have enough confidence to simply open our mouths and begin to proclaim it because there's power in the word of God. There's power in the gospel of God. And and so the apostle Paul, he was highly effective. Jesus was highly effective because they went. And if our church is going to be highly effective, you and I, that means every individual that consider yourself a part of his church, we must have the same mindset. Because as we said before, we don't just want a church where we can have our holy huddle on Sunday morning. We're just not doing this so that we can say, oh, we got a nice little community church, you know. We're going beyond that because what we're interested in is advancing the what? The kingdom of God. And we're doing this because we want to create an atmosphere where people can come and be nurtured and discipled. And it goes back to this so that they now can advance the kingdom of God. That is why we're doing what we're doing. It is all about advancing the kingdom. Now, last week I talked a little bit about 
you know, what is the kingdom of God? And, and, I, and I really thought about that and I listened to the message. And I, didn't, I don't think I did justice with that. But when we talk about the kingdom of God that is coming, the kingdom of God is really, get this, it's the government of God. In simple terms, that is all that the kingdom of God is. And the gospel is the message of that kingdom. For an example, every kingdom has, you know, a territory, right? Every nation on the planet, you know, every kingdom Every nation, they have a territory, they have laws, they have rules, they have have a way of living. So it is with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God have laws, ordinances, rules, and a way of living that you and I are to go and share with the world. And the way that you and I know how the kingdom of God is or what the kingdom of God is all about, it is through preaching the gospel because the gospel, all that the gospel is now, get this, all that the gospel is, is that God's way and God's authority, God's rules, God's laws and way of living for all of those who are going to be a part of the kingdom of God. That is all that the gospel is all about. It is proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. In other words, there's a kingdom that is coming. You know, a lot of people say that, you know, there are some people that are say, well, you know, the kingdom of God is just this really this kind of um, spiritual thing. I'm here to tell you today that the kingdom of God is coming upon the earth. The kingdom of God is not here yet. Now, the kingdom of God is in us when we when each one of us have submitted to the authority of Jesus Christ. We have accepted him as Lord and Savior. The kingdom of God now is within us. Why? Because we are submitting to the kingdom and we're living the kingdom. But the kingdom of God is not here yet. There is coming a point in time when the kingdom of God will set up here on this earth, a literal, physical kingdom that is going to sweep the entire earth and the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of almighty God. And you and I are a part of that great and glorious kingdom. And now you and I have been tasked as what Paul said. Paul said that we are ambassadors. Ambassador means that we are representing the kingdom. We're, rep- we're talking about a kingdom that is coming because the kingdom that is coming, as we said last week, is going to crush all the kingdoms of this world. Every kingdom that we see, you know, the, the socialist government, the communist governments, the democracies, all these different things will be crushed because there will be a monarchy of a government and Jesus Christ will govern. The Bible says that the government will be upon his shoulders. Now, and so what that means now that we understand that there's a literal physical kingdom. Now, y'all stay with me. Y'all with me? Stay with me now that there's a literal physical kingdom, now we have been tasked as agents and ambassadors for Christ to go forth and to proclaim the gospel message. That means we're giving people a snapshot. How many of you ever go to the movies? You ever go to the movies and they have what they call coming attractions. And so they give you all these different previews of the movies that is to come. They haven't come yet, but they're giving you a preview that that is coming. So it is with the kingdom of God. When you and I as agents and ambassadors of the gospel, what we are doing is we're giving people previews by our lives, the way we live, that the kingdom of God is coming. That's why Jesus oftentimes he would say the kingdom of God is at hand. What that means is that the kingdom of God is coming soon and very soon. 
And you and I now have been tasked with sharing the gospel message, the gospel of the kingdom. And so when we talk about the kingdom of God, we all must understand what is the message of the kingdom? What is the kingdom is all about? What should you and I talk about? Turn to Matthew chapter number five. Jesus, now he comes on the scene. And Jesus, and this is referred to as the Sermon of the Mount. And Jesus began laying the groundwork for what the kingdom of God is all about. Matthew chapter number five. Many people call these the Beatitudes. And, and what I would ask you to do is take some time, and because we may get into it a little bit more next week, I'm not really sure, but take some time and read Matthew chapters 5 through 7, because really it is talking about the message of the kingdom of God. Verse number, uh, you in Matthew chapter 5? Verse number 1. Hallelujah. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, His disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, listen to this. Keeping in mind, he's preaching the gospel. He's telling them of the gospel of the kingdom of God, what the kingdom of God is all about, what it looks like. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Glory to God. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. How many need mercy today? I don't know about you, but I need his mercies every day. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice. (laughs) and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus comes on the scene and he stands there on the mount and he begins to preach this gospel, you know, this new paradigm shift of what the kingdom of God is all about. And, And at the end of this sermon, one of the interesting things that Jesus Listen, that, that all the people and the Pharisees and everybody else, when they heard the message of the gospel, all of them said, you know what? I have never heard a man speak like this. I mean, he doesn't speak like 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 the Pharisees. This man speaks with authority. And they were amazed at the gospel message. But the first thing he says there is blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, what does that mean, poor in spirit? That doesn't necessarily refer to your natural uh, disposition. You see, people who are poor in spirit, they have come to that place where they recognize that they need God. They recognize that they can do absolutely nothing without him. They recognize that they need him in order to live and to have life the way that they want it. 
You see, there are a lot of people. See, people will never, ever enter into the kingdom of God until they first realize that they're naked and that they're wretched and poor without Christ. See, nobody can enter into the kingdom. You and I, you know, you can have all the money you want to have. You can have all the fame that you want to have. But until you come to that place where you recognize that you and I recognize that we need God, you cannot even even enter the kingdom of God. I mean, you you can't enter there. And so the poor in spirit, Jesus said, listen, blessed are the poor in spirit. Happy are those who have come to this realization that it's all about me. It's all about my kingdom. And so Jesus is saying, happy are you. And then he says, blessed are those who mourn. How many know that there's a day that is coming, there's a day of comfort that is coming for God's people. You see, this is a message that you and I preach because as we look around, we see people are hurting. You know, time after time, you look on television and all you see, you see, you know, all the turmoil in the Middle East. You know, people are being blown up and people are losing their babies, their mothers, their fathers, their children. And we see this over and over again. And every time you turn around, you see these people, these ladies, they're wailing. They're crying and they're weeping because they're trying to figure out a way. How in the world is this ever going to change? He hears the message of the kingdom. Jesus says, blessed are you who mourn. Because in the kingdom of God, as we said before last week, there will be no mourning. There will be no sickness. There will be no pain. You see, this is the message of the gospel. And this is what you and I have to go and preach to a world that is looking. Every time we look on TV and we see people who are hurting, the the answer is in the kingdom of God. They need to come to a revelation and they need to come to know God. Because if they come to know Jesus Christ, then they will begin to understand that there's more to it than this life. Because there's a kingdom that is coming upon the earth. And listen, it will be loaded with joy, with peace, with righteousness. I mean, know that this is what the world is craving for. But Jesus says, blessed are you who mourn. For you're going to be comforted. In the kingdom of God, there is comfort. God is a spirit of comfort. And there will be no more mourning. There will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. All the former things would have passed away because Jesus is ushering in a whole new way of living. And so you and I now, the Bible talks about having this treasure in earthen vessel. This is what the gospel of the kingdom is all about. You and I have it. You and I have the answer. Don't you? Listen, every time we see somebody hopeless. Every time we see somebody hurting, every time we see somebody in pain, you know where the, do you know where their healing is? It is in the kingdom of God. It's in you and I. Why is it sometimes we get so bogged down and we just simply forget it? We drive by and we just look at TV and then you know what happens? We get, we get des- des- desensitized to all the stuff that we're seeing and we get, you know, after a while you start hearing about these people getting shot, people getting blown up. It don't matter a whole lot until it comes to your front door. Then it matters. But if it don't come to my front door, then you know what? I don't really care. Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom. Because there's, listen, we have a responsibility. It's not an option. We don't have the option to say, well, you know, if I feel like doing it, I'll just go and do it. That is not what Jesus called us to do. Jesus gave us a commandment. He said, go into all the world and preach this gospel, the message of the kingdom. And then he says that, Blessed are the meek, 
for they shall inherit the earth. You know, a lot of people tend to think that associate meekness with weakness. But how many know that Jesus was very weak? He says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come, take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I am gentle. In other words, meek and lowly at heart. The Bible talks about Moses. The Bible says that Moses was the meekest man on the earth. Yet, get this, because this is an attribute of the kingdom. The Bible says that God never talked face to face with a man like he spoke with Moses. I mean, God says, look, leave my, let's leave Moses alone. Because let me tell you something about Moses. Moses is the meekest man on the planet. But get this, Moses had it in with me. And I have never spoken to a person face to face like like I've talked with Moses. Because Moses had this quality of meekness. And you and I are called to be meek. Now, meek does not mean, as people who are part of the kingdom, that we're simply to be like, you know, in our little corner and scared to talk. How many know that Jesus wasn't like that? When Jesus went about, when he proclaimed, how many know that Jesus, he told people about the, he told people about themselves. And he challenged the pharisaical system, didn't he? Jesus did not hold his tongue. Listen, but you know what? But he never tried to force himself. He was never violent. You know, the Bible says that he came before the Sanhedrin and they begin to spit and, and, and beat him and do all these things to the king. And the Bible says that Jesus, he didn't even open his mouth. He was like a lamb to the slaughter. You know why? Because to be meek means that, you know what? I'm confident in who I am. I know in whom I believe. I'm not worried about anything. Do what you will to me. Because, see, I know that I'm a part of the kingdom. And I already know that, Mike, that this kingdom, the kingdom of God, is going to govern the earth. The meek shall inherit the earth. Guess what, folks? The earth belongs to us. <laughs> did, did you hear me? The whole earth belongs to us. This, when you and I walk in meekness, we are imitating the Savior. That's what we're doing. When you and I walk in meekness, we're imitating God. And that is a principle and a quality of the kingdom. The kingdom of God will be filled with people that are meek. People who know who their God is and, and people who are not, you know, uh, forceful and violence. None of that will be a part of the kingdom of God. So meek, I mean, no. And, and I looked up this definition and listen to this. It said the word meek means to endure injury with patience and without resentment. How many know that that takes a strong person to do that? Because the majority of us, let's be honest, (laughs) when we get offended, when we get injured, what is the natural response? Strike back. But a person that is meek, they don't strike back. They just sit and they just, because they know that God got it. Look at his name and say, God got it. God got it. Because the meek shall inherit the earth. It all belongs to us. And how many know that we need to start acting like it? We need to start walking around thinking, you know, the world, if you look at how the world thinks, I mean, this is all it for them. They don't have anything else. That's why they live the way they live. That's why they try to get everything they can try to get in store for this life, because in their minds they're thinking that, you know what, that this is it. So I'm going to get all, I'm going to get mine. It is, listen to me, we haven't even began to live. It's about the kingdom. This is the message of the kingdom of God. Because that kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. And of that kingdom, there shall be no end. No end. And you and I should be excited about that. 
And he also says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. God promises that we will be satisfied because you see in the kingdom of God, and this is the message that we're preaching to people, you know, and you look at the, um, you know, we just finished celebrating, uh, you know, September 11th, you know, the, the tragedy of the World Trade Center. What a very, very uh, difficult time in the history of our nation to have to have, have endured that. And all I can remember is when I, you know, when I, everybody, I'm sure, remember where they were on that day. And I remember coming to work, driving down the road and, and hearing that there was a plane that hit the tower. And I remember them talking on the radio about how there was a single engine plane that just had an accident. And then as I'm coming in, they're talking about this other plane that hit the other tower. And then by the time I get to work, everybody is gathered around the television. And then we realize that the nation, that the United States of America was under attack. And, you know, the thing that I remember most even as those towers fell down to the ground, which was a very, very difficult period for us as a nation. But you know what I remember more than anything else was the shock and the awe that was on people's faces. Because, you know, they're thinking to themselves, my goodness, what, what happened here? People who, people who lost loved ones. And, and, you know, even to this day, you know what they're crying out for? People are crying out for justice. They want righteousness. They're crying out for, you know, you hear about, you, you hear about people, you know, all the time. And, you know, and even though we, we had the sniper case some years ago, the, the guy that was going around and, 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 and shooting all these people at gas stations or whatever. And, 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 you know, and the guy was convicted and, you know, he's been convicted and going to die in an electric chair. But all the other jurisdictions... You know, they were all saying, you know what? We still want our piece of the pie. Why? Because I want justice. I, you know, I want, listen, there got to be something that will vindicate me. See, the kingdom of God, righteousness and justice is the foundation of his throne. In the kingdom of God, there is nothing else but righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. And so when, we, when you and I, when we see these people who are looking for justice, we can proclaim the gospel message of the kingdom and we can say to them, listen, I hate to tell you this, but there's no real peace that is coming upon this earth. There's always a false sense of peace. The Bible says that in the last days in First Thessalonians, it talks about how that they will be saying peace and safety. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, sudden destruction is going to come. There is, listen, I know people talk about it. We talk about world peace. We talk about all these things. But there is not going to be any world peace. You know why? Because the Bible does not say it's going to be any world peace until the kingdom of God comes and set up on the earth. The kingdom of God. You see, are you getting this? We have the answers to life. Don't hold it inside of your soul. There are people that are hungry and they are thirsty. They don't even know what they're looking for. They just know they want something that is right. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger, who are passionate for righteousness. Because here's what he said. He said, I promise you, you're going to be satisfied in the kingdom. The Bible says, he who believes in Jesus will not be disappointed. You will not be put to shame for believing in Jesus because we all know that his word is true. Everything that the Lord said that we can have. Listen, we can have confidence in this word 
The Bible says, Psalms 9, 8, and he will judge the world in righteousness. <laughs> and he will execute judgments for the people with equity. Isn't that awesome? This is the message of the kingdom people. And if you can get this in your spirit, listen, we will begin to live a whole new way. You see, once you come into a revelation of what the kingdom is all about and the fact that this thing, listen, if we get, really begin to understand what we really have. Now, we talked last week about this, you know, this man who, who, who went and found this treasure. The kingdom of God is like a man who found treasures and he go and he sells everything that he got for it because he understands the value of it. It's a message of the, of the kingdom. And then Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, <laughs> for they shall obtain mercy. Merciful means to be compassionate. You know, none of us would be a part of the kingdom of God if it were not for his mercy and his grace. The only reason that you and I can go and preach the kingdom is because God and his mercy, God allowed us to come into his kingdom. Now the Bible says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The kingdom of God, the Bible says, it talks about in Ephesians how that we are trophies of his grace. That God is going to put us on display. The kingdom of God is going to be filled with people who have experienced the mercy and the grace of God. The only reason that you and I can preach the kingdom, and you know, because sometimes people, you ever met people that feel like, well, you know what? I've blown it. You know, God can never, ever forgive me. I mean, you know, I really messed it up pretty bad this time. You know, I did a whole lot of stuff, and there's no way God can help me. I mean, there is no way. But how do you know the Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning? Get this. God got mercy. Oh, gosh. God have mercy stored up for us every single day. The Bible says that his mercies are new every day. That means that every day God got a box of mercies for me. Every day that I get up, there's a box of mercies that got my name on it. Gary, this is for you today when you act stupid, when you miss the mark. And God's mercy knows no bounds. You can't do anything that would turn God away from you if you want to come into the kingdom of God. This is the message that we tell people. If you want to come in the kingdom, it doesn't matter what you did. Come to the king. Come to Jesus. It doesn't matter what you did because all of us understand where we are. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You and I have a responsibility to be merciful to other people. Because sometimes we kind of forget, don't we? We don't mean to forget, but sometimes we just forget all that God has done for us. And we start looking at people funny, you know, like, man, you know, we've forgotten. Where did you come from? Where did God pick you up from? You weren't an angel. We weren't an angel. I mean, listen, look, folks, we were filthy. And nasty and dirty. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, while we were in the thick of our sin, when we were at the bottom, sinning it up, God rescued us. 
He came. He did not wait for us to get it right. See, that's that's the thing we need to preach to people. Don't try to wait till you get it right, because you ain't going to ever get it right. None of us got it right. You know, that's one of the excuses. Well, I just got to get a couple things in order. You know what? Come to Jesus just as you are. Don't worry about getting it right. God will fix that. God will fix you up. God will give you a new heart. God will give you new. God will give you a new desires. He will change you from within. You and I can't change ourselves. It is the mercy and the grace of God. It is his goodness that makes me want to repent and give my life to him. It's because I've experienced his grace and I just, I just want it because he's so good to me. When you come to recognize how good God was to make you a part of this great and glorious kingdom that is to come. A wonderful and marvelous kingdom of joy and peace and happiness. Folks, it ought to compel us to go and share it and preach the gospel message of the kingdom. Where are we? (laughs) You remember the woman in John chapter 8, the woman that was, I'm not going to turn there, I was going to turn there, but I'm not going to turn there. I'm, I'm sweating. Anybody got a towel or something they can bring me? You remember John chapter 8, um, the woman that was caught in adultery. Here, this lady, you know, they bring her up. Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act. Jesus, you see this, this lady is a sinner. Look, Jesus, what she's doing. She, she's supposed to die. Because, you know, but the law said that if you were caught in adultery, yeah, you're supposed to die. Yeah, you're right. Jesus just kind of, he just kind of wrote, and he was writing on the ground. And he said, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And he says, you know, he said, well, you know, um, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Guess what happened? Every, every single one of them, they went walking away. Thank you, brother. Every single one of them, they went walking away. You know why? Because we all have missed the mark. We all have missed the mark. And Jesus tells this lady, lady, Jesus looks at her. He says, he says, woman, who condemn you? And she looks around. No one, Lord. No one condemns you. Jesus says, well, you go and sin no more because he's forgiven us. See, that's mercy. Mercy is giving us what we don't deserve. We don't deserve. We haven't earned the right to be a part of the kingdom. We must never, ever think that we've earned the right to be a part of the kingdom. We didn't earn the right to be a part of the kingdom. So we need to remember that. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm coming down. Hallelujah. Then he says, blessed are the pure in heart. A person that is pure in heart is a person whose motives are unmixed. That means that a person that is pure in heart, they don't speak with a forked tongue. There are people who are people that are pure in heart. They are honest. Their conscience is clear. And when they do blow it, they make sure to get it right very, very quickly. Why? Because you see, there's there's no mixed motive here. My motives are clear. My conscience is clear. So when the Lord talks about blessed are those who are pure at heart, he's not saying that blessed are those that are absolutely perfect and never, ever make a mistake. You ever, you ever tried to talk to somebody and you just knew that their, their heart ain't pure? You ever tried that? You're talking to them and you can't quite put your finger on it, but you just know that there's just something right. But, in that, but see, in the kingdom of God, it won't be any of that. <laughs> Our conscience would be clear. You know, there won't be any mixed motive because, you know what, a person to have a pure heart, they just love the Lord. 
And, and, and they're saying, you know what? Listen, I, this is who I am. You can check the whole thing out. Check it out. I mean, this is who I am. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. And he says, then he goes on to say, for they shall see God. Now, that can mean a number of things. But what I, what I believe it means that when you and I walk in a pureness in our hearts, in a, in a purity of heart, what I believe is that God will begin to show us a more deeper revelation of who he is. Because, see, it's in the knowledge of God when you and I really get a glimpse of who God really is. You know, how many of you just love to read the word of God and then God just begin to just show you things that you've never seen before? God just begin to bring, look, he just begin to reveal things to you that you've never seen before. Every time I open this word, I'm saying I'm believing God to speak to me. Every time you open the Bible, don't just open the Bible and say you're reading. When you open that Bible, say, God, speak to me. I need a word from you. God says, listen, those who are pure in heart, they're going to see me. Because God says we're his friends and God don't hide anything from us. Psalm 24, I want to read this. Psalm 24, verse number three says, who may ascend into the heel of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Wow. Who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive a blessing from the Lord. See, this is a message of the kingdom. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they're going to see God. How many of you want to see God in a more richer way? All of us do. You want to experience God in a deeper way. The Bible says guard your heart because out of your heart flows the what? The issues of life. It's in our heart. So that's why we need to guard our hearts. And then he says, blessed are the peacemakers. You know, the natural, you know, the natural disposition of a lot of people is when they see strife. You know, a lot of times people kind of stand by and they kind of watch it. But Jesus says the blessed are the, the peacemakers. That is those who take the initiative to try to create peace. For these are the children of God. God's kingdom is a kingdom of peace. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. Why? Why are the peacemakers blessed? Because you know what? This is, again, another message of the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is going to be peace. You know, you hear people, I remember back in the, uh, I think it was the early 90s, you remember that, that situation with Rodney King, uh, you know, being beaten in Los Angeles and, you know, and, you know, and I got my theory on that, but I'm going to save that. I don't care about that. But you remember Rodney King, he's, you know, and I just remember the people saying, I want peace, no justice, no peace. And they start saying all this, you know, <laughs> because they want peace. I want peace. I want peace. They ain't going to be any peace except in the kingdom. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. You and I are agents of peace. And what you and I are to do is that we are to live our lives in such a way that we are trying to create peace that is around us. Now, a lot of times we relegate that to just church. But, you know, the peacemakers are the children of God. That means that you, listen, that we try to operate or create an atmosphere of peace here at church with one another, at work, at home, with your spouse, with your buddy, with that neighbor who won't take, you know, his trash out of your yard. (laughs) 
who lets his dog poo-poo in your yard and let people walk on your green lawn? You know, because I'm talking about myself. (laughs) Blessed are the peacemakers. One of the characteristics of the kingdom of, of the kingdom of God and the principles of the kingdom is that God's people, they strive for peace. Because in the kingdom of God, it's going to be a place of peace. You get the picture? You know, the kingdom of God has everything in it, doesn't it? Everything that we need is all in the kingdom. You remember that that commercial ragu uh, spaghetti sauce? You remember what the slogan was? Anybody remember that? That ragu spaghetti? What, What was the slogan? What did they used to say? It's in there. You remember that? Y'all don't remember that? Am I telling my age? (laughs) <laughs> I'm only 40 years old here. Come on, help me out. Soon to be 41. But, you know, it's like commercial ragu spaghetti. It's all in there. It's all in the kingdom. Peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so you and I are to go and we are to walk in such a way that we are trying to create peace around us. A person that is filled with the Holy Spirit of God, they're, they're, they're just in peace. You ever, you, you, you ever met people that are really walking? You know, you look at the, you remember um, Mother Teresa? You remember? Now, I never personally met that lady a day in my life. Never met her. But I was always fascinated with her. Because here's a lady who was about this tall. But boy, whenever she walked in a room, there were just so many people that would stand up to her. And they were honored it's everywhere that she went. And I don't, it was just when she went around, you can just see, you can just feel the spirit of peace that were all over her. She was just a very, very peaceful lady. You know that she was a lady that spent time with the Lord. When you and I really begin to spend time with the Lord, one of the things that we're going to come out of that, we're going to be seeking peace. Seek to reconcile. Why? Because it's the principle of the kingdom. It's who we are. God's kingdom, when it comes, it's going to be full of peace. <laughs> It's going to be full of peace. So I don't want to wait till the kingdom come. I want to live in it now. Look at the neighbor and say, I want it now. Because this is who we are. So let's enjoy it right now. Then we're coming down. And then blessed are those who are persecuted for doing what is right. Let me know that sometimes when you walk with the Lord, you're going to be persecuted for doing the right thing. And when you really get to a point, when you really get serious about God, and I always say this. And I want you, I want to say this very carefully because I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. If you have a lot of friends that are around you, friends at work, your neighbors and all these people, if and, if, and they are heathens. In other words, they are people that are unbelievers. They don't know God. They have no relationship with God. And you know this. And and they never, ever feel convicted by your lifestyle. Then something, something is wrong. Something is wrong somewhere. Because as you draw closer to God, let me say this to you, because it happened to all of us. When you, as you and I draw closer to God, you know what's going to happen? We're going to start losing some friends. Now, I'm not saying that we need to go out looking to lose friends because we want to win them into the kingdom. Isn't that right? I mean, that's what we're about. We ain't trying to, you know, I'll be your buddy. I'll be your buddy if you don't know the Lord because I got an agenda, because I got something that you need. But when, as you and I begin to walk with the Lord in a close way, listen, you're going to find out that people are going to, be, they're going to start talking about you. You're going to find that they're not going to want to eat lunch with you, that you're going to get on their nerve with all this religious Christianity stuff. They don't want to hear. They don't want to see your righteous. They don't want to see all that because your righteous life convicts their sin. It convicts the sin that they're living in. 
But Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Because the kingdom of God is righteous. And then finally, blessed are you when you are insulted on account of Christ. Jesus says in verse, in verse number uh, 11 of uh, Matthew chapter number 5, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Has anybody ever been lied on before? Mm-hmm. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. <laughs> for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, as we draw, we draw closer to the return of Christ, you know, um, as you and I begin to proclaim Jesus, people are going to have problems with you. See, people normally don't have a problem with you. Try this. People don't have a problem when you start talking about God. Usually people are like, okay, God. But man, as soon as you start saying Jesus, because now people realize you have a relationship with Jesus, they're going to have a problem with you. And I believe that the time is coming, because it's already been happening around the world, that people that proclaim Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus, they've been killed, beaten up, you know, murdered, you know, all over the world, this is happening. And I believe that the day and time is coming in this country as we begin to confess Christ because they don't want Jesus. Don't don't mention Jesus in public schools. You know, we don't want don't mention. We don't want anything about Jesus in our courtrooms. We don't we don't want all of that stuff. Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted on the account of me because you have a late relationship with me. You are blessed because he said great is going to be your reward in heaven. And see, I believe that we're coming into a time where it's going to tell on us who we really are and whether or not we're real Christians. Because it's going to happen. Persecution is going to come. As you and I begin to proclaim Jesus, persecution is going to come. And people are going to have problems with you when you start talking about Jesus. You know, I look in, uh, sometimes I heard uh, a political figure, he was asked to pray. He was a minister. He was asked to pray, you know, for the president, you know. And I, was, I think it was something that was, uh, you know, it was some kind of big national event. I think it was inaugural uh, so, um, service or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it was the inauguration for the president. And this particular pastor, uh, and I won't even say which president it was, but this particular minister was told that he could not say the name Jesus. So he didn't say the name Jesus. Well, you know what? Everybody have their opinion on things. But let me say this. As agents of the kingdom, we're to preach the gospel of the kingdom, right? This is who we are. If I can't preach Jesus, then you got to get somebody else to pray. Because all I know, Paul says, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus and him crucified. That was it. Because the message of the kingdom is about Jesus. It's about his glorious kingdom. And we're ambassadors and we don't have an option. Remember the, the, the apostles, the disciples in Acts. Peter said, listen, they said, don't mention that name Jesus. Don't talk about him. He said, well, look, I'm going to obey God rather than man. Because I know in whom I believed. And I'm sorry, you do what you got to do to me, but I'm preaching Jesus. Because it's the message of the kingdom. And how many know that we ain't ashamed of Jesus? We're not ashamed of Jesus, are we? No, we're not ashamed of Jesus because we know in whom we have believed. And we know that when it's all said and done, that listen, that his kingdom will rule over this earth. 
And so, you know what? We only live here on an average of 70 years. I think now it's maybe 73. That's it. Compare that to eternity. There is no comparison. Remember, the gospel message of the kingdom is God's way of life. It is his kingdom that's going to rule the earth. And listen, go forth and proclaim it. Amen? Stand to your feet with me.